Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. It is now the middle of July and as life consistently gets busy, I am now less than a week away from the first sibling camping vacation extravaganza, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, I leave in a few days to head down to Tennessee and meet both of my brothers and their families for uh, four days of camping in a state park. I'm super excited and um, it's going to be a first. So I'm not quite sure how exactly I feel about everything. And I'm sure emotions will come up while we're there. Uh, we've never spent this kind of time together. Um, the three of us have never been together. So there's just there's just a lot. The cousins are going to meet their cousins for the first time. And uh, for me, this is about building this family. It's about making up for lost time and being able to be the siblings that we were supposed to be. Um, it's also about making memories and seeing who these guys are and their families and more than just through text messages and meeting when I happen to be home uh, one weekend a year or something. So this is a really exciting time for all of us. Um, I'm not sure what kind of emotions the guys might have at this point, and I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point over the next week, but um, I'll be able to record the podcast with my one brother, Josh, and then we are going to begin the epic journey of creating our own podcast, which I'm really excited about. Um, so what's all been going on lately? Uh, two weeks ago, we lost our cat, Willie. Um, he, you know, he was an old dude. Um, and he was the cat that we were only going to hang on to until we could find him a home. Uh, and he had decided that we were the home that he wanted. So he was already there. Um, so for the last 14 years, we have taken care of this guy and... I initially, so I've never been a huge cat person. I'm more of a dog person. But the one thing he did better than any of my animals ever did was cuddle up. Every night for 14 years, I had this cat curled up in my arm like a football. And I have struggled every night since he's been gone to fall asleep just because I'm looking for that little furry critter and I am looking for that little squeak that he always made and he would kind of announce his presence and especially as he got older and he couldn't see very well um, we would spend the first 10 minutes being like come on Willie come on you can do it come here and he, then he would finally get that he could jump up on the bed and he could come over and he knew right where to go once he was up there. But um, I really miss that little guy. And I don't care if they're 16 days, 16 months or 16 years old. It's never it's never long enough. And I 
I just, I, I miss that stupid cat. Um, and it's hard to explain to people who have never lost an animal, who have never connected with an animal. Um, it's hard for anyone to understand. And I think, like, in the beginning, I downplayed it. It was like, oh, you know, he was just a cat. Well, it's more than that. He's been our little buddy for many years. And my dog just jumped up on my lap, so she wants to be a part of this, I guess. Um, but he's been a part of our life for so many years that how do you just cut that out and move on? Um, we also have, we have nest cameras in the house. We always had them because um, my one dog, Sawyer, is a little Houdini, and he gets into about everything, and he would tear it all up, and we wanted to see what he was getting into and how he was getting out. And um, so we put up cameras, and we've had those now for many years. And I only have just so long to be able to capture any recordings through my cameras and save them. And this morning I was looking at some of the recordings from May and how do you, it's, it's just so, I don't know. It's so difficult to see this little cat running around just as happy as could be a month before knowing that these are the last videos that I have of him. And so it, without going down this whole long road of pet loss and how that equates to just grief in general and what that does to a person it doesn't matter if it's a dog or a cat or a hamster or a fish or whatever if you've connected with another living being human animal or otherwise when you lose something like that that's grief and that's okay and you do not have to justify missing something so there's that going on. Um, so it's been it's been hard. It's been a rough couple of weeks for that. Um, and then last week, Monday, so the day before the 4th of July, I was scheduled for my very first colonoscopy. Um, the They've moved the age from 50 down to 45. And I have been trying for a year to get this scheduled. It took them about seven... I want to say six or seven months for them just to call me to get scheduled. And then I've been waiting since January for this. So it has taken an incredible amount of time. Um, you know, at first it, it was like, oh, no big deal. It's, you know, you just drink something, then you go take a little nap, and that's it. You go to work the next day. Um, <laughs> so the the... Everybody always wants to talk about how awful the prep is. There's a reason for that. And I am thankful that this is not something that you have done frequently. I am thankful that I do not have GI issues regularly where this may have been something I've had numerous times already in my life because that time was bad enough. So the way that it works is you... They call in your prescription, which is just a giant jug. I don't know if it's one gallon or two. I think it's two. Um, well, okay, so let me back up. There are different protocols depending on where you live. Some of um, my friends and family who live in Michigan, they got pills. 
um, around here in Wisconsin, apparently, we all like to drink the stuff. So I don't think there's a an easy way once it hits you. But drinking the massive amount of stuff that I had to drink was, I think, the worst part of it. I can get around the flavor. I can get around um, the temperature. They, they tell you to put it in the fridge the day before so it's nice and cold. Um, and so for like three days before, you need to switch over to specific types of foods they say really go softer food um so i i had things like jello and pudding and stuff that gosh i haven't had some of those things in years so it was kind of a treat in a way and um you know so you do that for a couple of days now my procedure was scheduled at 1145. And when I scheduled it, the nurse was like, Oh, this is the best time. You're going to be so happy. It'll make it so easy. And so I was like, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll trust your opinion. Normally when it comes to surgeries or procedures like that, I, I prefer to be first thing in the day just because I know you can't eat and drink and there's all these restrictions and then you're starving and all you want to do is get it over with and come home and and get on with your life but according to everyone else this was the best time to do it so I said all right let's let's go for it and what that meant is the day before I was working mind you until 6 p.m. so the day before I was allowed to eat those softer type foods um but uh so I I mixed it up I had like um, gosh, what did I even eat now? I had something with potatoes, like mashed potatoes. Um, so it was kind of a treat for me. I don't have mashed potatoes regularly at lunchtime. I love potatoes. I'm a carb whore. Just, I'll just put that right out there. So I have no issue with potato. Um, I just don't typically make mashed potatoes and take them for lunch. That's to me a dinner thing in my head. But um, so it was sort of a treat and I had, uh, oh, I know what I did. I did a turkey breast and um, had that for the couple of days leading up to it. But then at two o'clock the day before, I had to stop eating. Um, They said that you could still have things like Jello and water and coffee. they allow you to continue to drink, uh, but there were some restrictions on the color. You don't want to be having anything red or purple or blue uh, because those things could then look like blood um, when they're doing the procedure. So, um, you know, I stuck to the instruction. I was on my way home from work that night and I was like, oh gosh, because at work I don't have a chance, especially in a weekend, I don't have a chance to have a lot to drink. Um, it's just, I, I just don't have time. So I, I can't get where I keep my water. So on the way home, I was drinking some water and I'm like, all right, so when I get home, I got to start this thing. Cause they said you have to start between six and 8 PM and you have to drink half of this jug before going to bed. And then in the morning, you have to wake up at 5.45 in the morning, or five, yeah, between 5.45 and 6.45, they want you to finish the other half. And then starting at 7.45, 
no more liquids, no more anything until your procedure. So in theory, the timeline looked fine. I felt comfortable. I was ready to go. My stuff had been in the fridge all night, so it was really nice and cold. And um, I had watched a ton of TikToks in the couple of days leading up to this. And everybody's like, Country Time Lemonade will help you with the, the flavor. I thought, all right. So I mixed everything up, made my little country time lemonade, and took a drink. And I thought, it's not the most pleasant. And I can tell the lemonade is covering up the flavor, but it's not terrible. And so I, I did really good for like the first um, probably four glasses, because they tell you you have to drink a glass every 15 to 20 minutes and it sounds really easy to do and for that first hour it wasn't terrible uh, but then it it became a little bit more difficult to choke down and I got out a straw and so I'm following all the tricks that I had heard and yes the lemonade was getting kind of too much at that point but I, I just had to finish it and it got harder and harder as I got to the end of that half once I hit the half, it was probably 8.30, 9 o'clock, even at night. And I was just waiting for any minute. Like, that's the thing. You're, you're sitting there in anticipation. You know what's going to happen. There is no, there's no hidden agenda here. You know exactly what's going to happen. But waiting for it to happen was a completely different animal that I, it just, I was like, any minute now this is going to start, right? And then I kept thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't start until like midnight? And then, because everybody says, oh, you're going to be so tired and, you know, because it's exhausting and blah, blah, blah. Um, the worst part of that night was just how full you were of all this liquid and so much so that I couldn't get down anything else. Like I couldn't have any other water. I didn't have any jello, so I didn't eat. I had bought broth to have that night. Didn't have that. Um, there was just nothing. I, I didn't want anything else in my stomach. I just had way too much already going on. Um, when things finally got going, it was, it was fine. Um, it wasn't the horrible... Um, I have to sleep on the bathroom floor type of night, uh, but it was just a long, uncomfortable, just ugh, just not feeling the best. So my alarm goes off at, I think I set it for 530 because I thought, you know, an hour, it, it took me a couple of hours to get the first half down. I was like, I don't know if I can drink all of that in an hour. Like that just felt like a lot to me. So I get up and... I made my drink as I made it the night before and it's like somewhere between my brain and my stomach everything was just like nope I I don't care to have any more of that thanks and I was doing like a gulp at a time it was so difficult to try to get that last half down um I I don't know if I got half of the half I really don't it I had a lot left um, but thankfully, all of the other things that I had to be looking for to make sure that I was ready for my procedure, that was all good. So, um, so I knew I would be able to continue. So off we go to 
um, the center and my partner's like, Hey, I'm just going to drop you off. I'm going to go do some errands and photos. And, and that's fine for me. I was there, um, for hers couple, like a year or so ago. And, um, it, it, I was bored out of my mind. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll be fine. I have my iPad here. I've got movies. I've got all that kind of stuff. Um, but they got me in so quickly. So what I found out, the reason why everybody loves the 1145 is one, you don't have to get up until 530 or so to get working on the last half of the drink. And the first appointment of the day and the first appointment after lunch are the only two that are on time. And so the 1145 means by time they get me hooked up to my IV, get me changed, do the history, get me my, all that stuff done, it's... 1245 ish here comes the doctor and off we go so that part was great um as per the norm i was awake for pretty much all of it i fight sedation really hard and i told them that but i was more worried about how nauseous i get with sedation than anything so they were able to take care of me with um, some proper uh, nausea medication and the procedure the team was great. They were listening to Adele and singing along. And um, so, like I said, I, I do remember it. And I was awake for most of it. I would kind of go in and out a little here and there. Um, but for the most part, it was fine. Um, then afterwards, the uh, doctor came in to talk to me about what she found. And she just said that they did find polyps, which they removed, which is normal. And they found a spot of mild diverticulosis not diverticulitis but diverticulosis um and so since i've done some research to figure out what the heck that means and i love all the things like you should stop eating meat you should lose weight stop smoking all of these things and i'm like okay Yes, losing weight, that's something all of us want to do. I definitely have been on a, a journey to continue getting healthier. Um, but I am, in, in theory, I would love, I have said that a lot today, in theory. Anyway, I would love to be able to be more meatless, to do more of the vegetarian style of eating. I think it's better for the environment. I think it's much healthier for your body. But I grew up in the Midwest and meat, I think, is just part of my blood because I don't I just I just can't imagine how can I make a meal like I can have spaghetti without meat. That's fine. I can have potatoes. I can have, you know, so I could list off all the things that I'm like, yeah, I could make a meal of this, but I could only do a meal. I can't see myself doing it that way forever um i have certain feelings about things like milk and and stuff like that but i i'm not going to give up meat so that's a whole different podcast of itself um they told me that i would find out the results you know like when within a week or so which normally pathology comes back much quicker but for some reason these do take right around a week so yesterday I was at work and I got a message that a new test result was ready and um, they had the results of the pathology. Uh, they did find the polyps removed were precancerous. 
but they did not find any additional cancer cells. So for me, this was a successful colonoscopy and it did exactly what it should do. So had that polyp been able to stay, no telling how many more years, you know, let's just even use the 50 for an example. So another four years by time I did have it, it could be cancer. So that's something where if you are getting close to that age or um, you are that age and you've been scared and unsure and not wanting to do something like a colonoscopy because you're afraid of the prep and you're afraid of all of that, um, think of, of the alternative. So colon cancer, early detection is the key. And for me, the win was having the colonoscopy, having them take out the polyps, which now will not be able to turn into cancer. So normally, if you have a good colonoscopy, you don't have to go back for 10 years. Because I now have a slightly higher risk than the average person, I have to go back in seven. So because I don't have a known family history, and this is, this is where it gets tricky for someone when you're adopted, you don't know your family history. And so for me, I have to always do things on the early end because just in case I want to know if I'm dealing with something. So I had my mammogram earlier than normal. I had my colonoscopy as soon as possible, all of those kind of things and doing the full colonoscopy versus the Cologuard that you can do simply because I do not have that family history. So here is your PSA kids. If you are of the age or when you become the age Go get yourself your colonoscopy because this is the one preventable cancer that when they get it early, they just take care of it. You don't even notice and you go off to live your life. So that's the big thing. You know, as you get as you get to be an adult, there are not many mile markers left anymore. Um, It's. So, you know, if you think of like birth to, for me now, 46, um, I remember looking forward to the age of 11 or 10 because then you were double digits. That was a big thing. When you turn, um, growing up where I grew up, we lived in a trailer park in the summertime in a resort and you could get your golf cart driver's license at age 12. So I looked forward to age 12. Um, and then at 15, you can go take driver's ed and, and then 16, you get your license. At 18, you could now, back in the day, you could smoke, you can vote, you can join the military, you can do those things. You're an adult. And then you got to wait until you're 21 to do the drinking, to do, um, well, that's probably the only thing at that point. And then 25 allows you to get better car insurance. And then there's nothing. You're just kind of... You're just kind of coasting along, um, you know, and everybody always, oh, 30s are so hard or difficult or, um, you know, you have to do this by the time you're 30 years old and then by 40, oh, man, you're like ancient now. So there's nothing really else to look forward to as an adult. Um, I already get AARP. I have a membership. Um, you don't have to be retired to get that. And, you know, it's. 55 and up will get you some different um, restaurant menus, although there are different communities that are 50 and older, I think. So 
you know, maybe there's that to look forward to. Um, but the retirement age keeps climbing. So I have no idea what it will be by time I get of the age to retire. Um, you know, it's, it's weird to think that in 20 years that could be an option, but it's, uh, you know, there's just nothing else. So, um, it's the last of the adult rites of passage for me. I can now say been there, done that. And I did find it amusing this morning as I was looking at the news because um, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day and I said, you know, I just need to come up with a better prep. If if I could come up with something that made it easier on the patient that oh, you don't have to drink all that crap that just is so difficult, I... You know, that's what I need to do. And then so today, uh, FDA announced a new um, drink that apparently tastes like a sports drink. I'm I'm skeptical, but I am also going to sit back for the next seven years and hope that somebody much smarter than me comes up with something amazing. So that way, nobody else has to go through that go lightly drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's really about it. I was going to go see the new Indiana Jones, but I've seen so many negative reviews now that I have been skeptical. Um, so at this point, I am probably just going to wait until it comes out to stream. Um, you know, it's I'm going to I would have to wait at least another two weeks before I go anyway. So um, by then it'll be pretty close to coming out of the theater. I also saw today um, Hollywood actors are going to be going on strike tomorrow. So um, that should make for an interesting time this fall. We've already had the writers on strike for months, which is we're starting to see the impact to various productions now. But then if we also include actors, so most people are like, well, that's fine. That's for a movie they were going to do a year from now, two years from now, whatever. But here's the thing. They have made movies that are now coming out in theater. So what's the new one that's coming out? Um, Oppenheimer, right? Um, the actors cannot go to promote their movie and they're being discouraged to go to things like comic cons um that part always makes me feel bad because you think of all the fans who have paid to go who are super excited to go get a photo and listen to their favorite actors speak about whatever they want to talk about i've never been to one myself i've always wanted to go but i'm not spending the money um you know, so that impacts the fans in that way. Um, and it sounds like there are some CEOs of different production companies that are like, well, you know, we'll just let this kind of drag out until Christmas when nobody can feed themselves anymore and they can't afford a place to live because they haven't worked in six, eight, 12 months. So we'll just hold out. And what a terrible response to the thousands of people that are impacted by a strike like that. And, you know, the, the main thing they're looking for is living wages, which all of us are looking for that. But the things that are happening with AI right now could potentially replace actors. And they're trying to protect either from the writing room and how they create 
a show or a movie all the way to who represents who in these movies and shows. And it, you know, it's, it's really crappy that you have to risk your own ability to pay your bills and to afford to live just so that way someone can't make you obsolete. Um, I think there are jobs and things that are going to be impacted worldwide with AI. But the scary thing is how many movies have have I seen now where that is the basis of the ending of humanity, right? So like Terminator, um, iRobot, those are just a couple right off the top of my head where this did not work out well for us. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how things evolve over time in the next few months and years because the the world of robotics and computers and AI and and everything is is getting so sophisticated that um yeah it's just it's crazy i feel like i'm truly living in the future at this point and i can't wait to see what's next but also i want people to be protected and industries to be protected. And um, I always wanted to work in movies or on TV shows, not as an actor, like that doesn't interest me, but just to be a part of the crew, that's always what I wanted to do. I just never, never did it. Um, so I'm, I'm rooting for the little guy here. I hope they are able to make some headway um, now that the actors will be joining the strike as well. And I know things out in L.A. are a little dicey with some of the um, hospitality industry also choosing to strike at this moment. So um, there's a lot of movement for labor rights at the moment. And um, we'll just have to see how this shakes out and how it impacts different movies and franchises coming up here shortly. So um, I have blathered on long enough for today. So I'm going to cut this off and wish everyone well, be safe and take care.